we, we love you, Jesus. We love your presence more than anything else in our lives. Lord, we honor you today. We lift up your name. And Father, as we get into your word today, Lord, we, we pray, Holy Spirit, that for those that are here, for those who are watching at home, Lord, that you would begin to move upon our hearts and cause your word to come alive in our spirits. And Lord, give us a newfound love for Jesus. Lord, we, we are hungry for a deeper and a greater encounter with your presence. And we give you our lives this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Mark Simpson, and it's a great joy to be able to be with you, uh, to be with Every Nation Somerset West, the church that we love so much. Uh, for Mel and I, we spent a number of years in this church, um, now leading the Every Nation Church in Cape Town, the City Bowl Congregation. Uh, but to be able to be back with you is an absolute joy, and I'm so excited about what God is going to do uh, in the few moments that we have together today. Um, just by way of introduction, um, I just want to share something that I felt like the Lord laid on my heart as I was coming this morning. Um, as I was driving uh, through to Somerset West today, um, I was praying for you and praying that God would touch people's lives today. And I had a vision of, um, I believe, a woman who was wearing a green top. That might sound strange. And I, I was asking God, Lord, is this someone specific uh, in, in someone's home today who looked like that? And I'm not too sure, but this felt that God was going to encounter you in a significant way. And then as I began to pray into this, I, I had this vision of, you know when a fire um, goes across a mountain and it's kind of left all scarred, but a few months later, um, that, that brown begins to dis disappear as new growth and life comes through. And there was a sense in my heart that we often associate green, the green top with new life. And, and I really feel like that maybe some of us have been through a season where it feels like the fire of testing has been on our lives and, and many have felt scarred. But I, I want to speak over your life this morning that God is the God of new beginnings. God is the God of new life. And, and maybe for some of us this morning, we're hungry for not just a fresh encounter with God, but, but fresh hope and fresh life. And, and I'm going to pray for you right now if that kind of witnesses with your heart. Uh, I believe and I hope and I pray this morning as I share the word that God would cause new life and new hope to spring up from, from within the season that you find yourself in. So why don't we just close our eyes together today. And, and, and my, my prayer is that you would encounter God this morning. Let me, let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every person that is uh, in their home, uh, wherever they are listening or watching from today. Lord, Lord many have been through uh, seasons and times where, where it feels like the fire of testing has been on. But Lord, we thank you that you are the God of new life. You are the God of new beginnings. And Lord, I prophesy new life, Lord, new, new green life to spring up from amidst uh, scarred places. I thank you, Father, that you bring new life and new hope to people today. Lord, we, we trust you. And as I share this word, Father, I pray that you would anoint these words with your, your spirit and your power and bring life to people who are listening in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that is an encouragement to somebody. Uh, let us know if God is speaking to you at all. So it's a great privilege for me to be able to continue the series um, that you guys are doing on the book of Colossians. And I'm going to be speaking this morning from Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through to verse 20. And my sermon is entitled, The Ultimate Reality. Um, and the more I looked at this passage of Scripture, the more I realized that this is the essence of, of the magnificent gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, and, and Jesus is our cornerstone. He's everything. And, and I hope that this word will encourage you. So if you've got a Bible, we're going to read from Colossians 1, verse 15 to 20. If not, I believe it's going to come up on the screen. Um, let's read God's word together. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. 
For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or authorities, um, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Verse 19, verse, goes on, verse 18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. What a, an amazing passage of scripture. And I just want to take a few moments to share kind of three things that stood out for me. As I said a moment ago, um, I feel like this passage of scripture summarizes just the gospel, like not only who God is, but why he came to earth. And so the first thing I want to share with you is this. I believe that coming out of this scripture, we see that Jesus came to the earth, number one, to reveal the Father. Number one, to reveal the Father. In verse 15, it says that the Son is the image of the invisible God. In other words, Jesus is the perfect representation of the Father. And I think this is a really big deal because it speaks of the picture we have in our hearts of who God really is. You know, both in Bible times as well as today, we all have a picture in our hearts as to who we believe God to be. There was a man by the name of A.W. Tozer, and he said this. He said, what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And therefore, the picture that we carry in our hearts of who God is really significant because number one, it will affect how you relate to God, but number two, it will affect how you represent God. And I was thinking this week about this very thought, and I was reminded of a passage of Scripture in the book of Luke chapter 15. Uh, if you know me, you'll know it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. But in Luke 15, which is the story that we know as the story of the prodigal son, which is actually more about the father than about the son. But at the beginning of that particular passage of Scripture, it starts by saying that Jesus was eating and hanging out with the sinners and the tax collectors. But the Pharisees, who were the religious people of the day, they began to mutter and complain because they couldn't understand why Jesus, who was supposed to be the Son of God, the Messiah, why was he hanging out with people that they thought were actually unclean? And it made me think about the fact that they had a picture in their minds as to who they thought God should be. But how many of you know that they had misunderstood very the nature and the character of God? And so in Luke 15, Jesus goes on to tell a story with the express purpose of saying, that's not what I'm like, this is what I am like. And he tells a story about a shepherd who, who goes and finds the one sheep that's lost. He tells a story about a woman who finds the, the most, one most valuable coin, and then about the father who has two sons who simply wanted to reconcile his boys back to himself. And so I think the story speaks about kind of our minds being renewed about who God really is. And so when I read this Colossians scripture and it says that the son is the image of the invisible God, I think what Paul was trying to say, he was saying, guys, Jesus came number one to show us what the father is like. This is profound. It's powerful. And it impacts how I said a moment ago, how we relate to God, but also how we represent God. And you know, I want to say to you guys that God is not some distant authority figure waiting to judge you from heaven. No, God is a gloriously good father who longs to be reunited with you. He longs to reconcile you back to himself. The Christianity is not about just doing right. It's about living in the continuous experience of the Father's love. 
And so number one, I want to say to you this morning that Jesus came, Paul is saying, he's saying God came in the person of Christ to reveal the Father, not just so that you would have more knowledge, but that you would have a greater experience of who God is. So number one, I want to ask you, what's your picture of God? And maybe this morning, God wants to renew your mind concerning the glorious goodness of who God is. I hope that makes sense to you. So number one, I believe Jesus came to reveal the Father. The second thing that I see in this passage of Scripture is in verse 16 and 17. It says, all things have been created through Him and for Him. And then it goes on to say, and in Him, all things are held together. I think the point that Paul is making is that everything that is visible and everything that is invisible was created by God. I think the key point is that Jesus is both the giver as well as the sustainer of life. And I think he's talking about the physical realm, but I also think he's talking about the spiritual realm. In other words, everything finds its source in Christ. Everything is sustained by Jesus. Jesus is the giver and the sustainer of life. You know, this week I was, again, thinking about this, and um, in our church back in, in Cape Town, the City Bowl, last week, I, I was speaking about uh, creation, and I, I made reference to the moment in Genesis 2, verse 7, when, when God made Adam and breathed life into him, and he gave life to this, this kind of piece of earth that became a living being, and it literally says this, that God began to form Adam out of the dust of, ground, of the ground, and then it says that God got down kind of on his hands, and he doesn't exactly say that, but it says that he breathed life into Adam's nostrils. And I want you to imagine from a, what that must have been like. For that to happen, God, I guess, would have got down kind of on his hands and knees and breathed life into Adam's nostrils. The very breath of God caused a piece of dirt to come to life. And when Adam received the breath of God, his eyes would have opened. Here's the question. What's the first thing that Adam would have seen? He would have seen the face of God. He would have seen the face of love. And when I read the scripture that all things are held together by God, all things are created by God, here's the point is that Jesus came to give you life. He didn't come just to give you physical life. He came to give you spiritual life. There's a big difference between being physically alive and being alive to God. And I believe that the gospel is, number one, that Jesus came to reveal the Father. But number two, Jesus came to release the life of God to you. And he wants to awaken your heart, not just to physical existence. He wants to awaken your heart to life lived with God. The face-to-face -face encounter with God is what you were created for. So many of us today might say, yeah, Mark, I'm alive physically. But if we're honest, we might say, I don't yet know the life of God. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, he said, I have come to give you life and to give you life to the full. And many of us in these last year, these last difficult trial seasons have said, I feel like I'm physically alive, but where is the life of God? I want to prophesy over you today. I want to declare over you today that Jesus wants to breathe life into your nostrils. He wants to breathe life into your being, that you would not only be physically alive, but that you would be alive to God. Jesus is the cornerstone of our lives. He is the breath of life. He is the sustainer of life. I'm sure somebody can say amen, amen. to that. All right, I've got a nice congregation here this morning. And they're getting excited. Glory to God. <laughs> so, so number one, Paul is speaking about the fact that Jesus came to reveal the Father. But number two, he came to release life to us. I pray that you would know the life of God. 
The third thing that I see in this passage of Scripture is seen in verse 19 as well as verse 20. It says this. He says, God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Christ. And then it goes on to say, to reconcile to Himself all things by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. You see, Jesus came to reveal the Father, number one. Number two, He came to release life. But number three, I believe Jesus came to reconcile us back to the Father. My key point here is that Jesus came to restore the way home. You see, the beautiful thing about the cross, the beautiful thing about the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus is that He he, he didn't only come to forgive you of your sin. That is not the end. That is a means to a far greater reality. Jesus came to forgive us from our sins, to, to do away with that which separated us from God in order that we might be reconciled back to the Father. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 14, Jesus said, probably the most well-known scripture of all time, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I think the point of what he was saying, he was saying, I am the way, but the Father is the destination. I don't know if you've ever gotten in a car and you've driven from one place to another. If you were sitting in Joburg and you were going to drive to Cape Town, you know, the obvious thing to say would be that Cape Town is the destination, but the way to get there if you're driving would be along the N1. The point is that the N1 is the way, but Cape Town is the destination. I think what Jesus was saying, he's saying, I am the way, but my Father is the destination. And if you're going to the destination, as much as you love and appreciate the way, you don't get stuck on the way, you want to get to the destination. Here's the point. Jesus came to the earth not only to forgive you of your sin, Jesus came to the earth to restore a way back to the Father, because ultimately you were born and you were created in the love of God, but God came in the person of Christ to restore you back to himself. Guys, Christianity is living in the continuous experience of the Father's glorious love. And this morning, I believe that he wants to show you how good he is. I believe he wants to release life to you. But I believe he wants to bring you home to his love, to the Father's love, where you would live and find your being and your identity entirely and exclusively in him. I'm sure somebody can say amen to that. Thanks, guys. You're absolutely amazing. The point this morning of what I'm trying to share with you is that Jesus is the ultimate reality. It it all begins with Him. It all ends with Him. The Bible says that He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is everything, and He is, as Paul says, our cornerstone. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20, Paul is writing, and he says this. He says, Christ is our cornerstone. And what he's saying is that in in Bible times, when they used to build a building, the first stone that they would put into the building was known as the cornerstone. It was the biggest stone. It was the most important stone. And once they put that stone in, the building began to form around that stone. What Paul is saying is that Jesus is our cornerstone. He is our ultimate reality around which our lives are built. And He comes to reveal the Father. He comes to release life. He comes to prepare a way for us to be restored back to Him. My question for you this morning is that is He your cornerstone and can He do these beautiful things in your life? Number one, He reveals the Father. Number two, He releases life. And number three, He restores the way home for us. Can someone say amen to that? So I've asked the worship team to come back and and, uh, just get ready to sing a song and 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 we're going to take a moment this morning, and I'm going to pray in a moment, but we're going to sing a song that is called Cornerstone. 
And we have an opportunity this morning as the band uh, ministers, as we worship God together, to reestablish Jesus as the ultimate reality, the cornerstone in our lives. And you know, guys, as I was praying for you today, I felt, I actually felt the word repentance in my heart. And oftentimes we think of repentance as being, oh, I've got to, you know, cry and be so sorry for my terrible life. But, but you know, it, it might be included that there are a few tears, but to repent quite literally means to turn around. I was going in one direction and I repent and I turn around to come back to him. And I feel this morning, we have an opportunity to repent. We have an opportunity to turn around. Maybe you've put all your faith and hope in things. God's saying, that's going to disappoint you. Why don't you come back to me? And so as we sing, as we pray together, let's turn around and let's encounter the one who is perfectly good. Let's encounter the life of God, but let's come home back to the Father. Can I ask you this morning to close your eyes? As the band begins to minister in the background, let's close our eyes and let's take a moment to pray together. I believe, as I said this morning, that God wants to cause new life to spring up within you. But maybe it begins by repentance, by turning back to Him. Let's close our eyes together. Father, we love you, Jesus. Lord, I know how much you love every single person that is listening to this message. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you begin to come and move amongst our hearts today. Father, many of us have had a wrong view of who you are. And I pray that you would show us today how gloriously good you really are. Lord, many of us are physically alive, but yet we do not yet know the life of the Spirit. Breathe into our lives. Lord, many of us are living this life, trying to make it happen in our own strength, but yet you said, Jesus, you said, I am the way back to the Father. Lord, I don't want to do life on my own. I want to do it with you. Lord, we repent this morning for where we've sought to do life in our own strength. And today we want to come home and find your love, find our identity in you, and find our purpose in you. As we worship, Lord, we establish you as the cornerstone in our lives. Thank you, Father. Guys, let's worship God together and take a moment to encounter the glorious presence of Jesus. Thank you, band. Christ the Lord, Peace. 
darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace in every heart and stormy Jesus and we, we set you aside apart in our lives as the cornerstone and guys before we end our time and I hand back to our wonderful host um, I feel like there are, there are people here today that are listening that there's an opportunity to, for you to make right with Jesus you know maybe you've been to church maybe you've been watching online but in all honesty you would say Mark I've, I've never given my life to Jesus I've never made him the cornerstone of my life I believe, but, but I haven't had that moment where I've established Him as the Lord of my life. And I, I really feel like so stirred in my heart that there are people who have an opportunity today to make right with God. And, 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 and if that's you this morning, I want to pray for you right now. I also believe that, that God is causing new life to spring up, not only in people's hearts, but even in their bodies. We were praying this morning beforehand, and there was a sense that God wants to not only encourage us in our hearts and our spirits, but even God wants to bring healing to people's bodies. And if you are sick in your body in any way, we're going to pray for you right now. We're going to pray that Jesus would come by His Spirit and not only cause your, your spirit and your heart to come alive, but your body to be, to be resurrected to new life. And so if that's you this morning, let's pray together. If, if you're giving your heart to Jesus, just, just pray this with me. Just say, say, Heavenly Father, I give you my life. I want to make you the cornerstone of my life. Would you come in and would you forgive me of my sin? Would you, would you reconcile me back to the Father? I want to know that you're my Lord and my Savior, my God and my King. I give you my heart. And Father, right now, let me pray for you. Lord, I, I declare healing over every single person that is sick today. Father, in any way, shape, or form, we, we prophesy and declare life to your body. We declare the life of the Spirit of God over everybody. We just declare life to you right now. I declare healing to you in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you as we, as we prepare to go into this week, Father, that we would know the love of the Father. We would know the life of the Spirit. We would know the presence of God that is with us. We would know you, Father, as our hope. And I pray, Lord God, that we would be hope carriers in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen.